0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Proudly Canadian and making Canada proud, this is The Roy Green Show.
0: It's kind of insane to
1: most kids in Canada that people go to school every day thinking they may never make it home.
0: The voice of a high school student in Toronto, and uh, she's a dual citizen. American and Canadian, and her father and grandfather, both lifelong NRA members. She was on uh, on point with Alex Pearson last night on the Ontario Chorus Radio Network. Scott Newark joins me, former Alberta Crown Attorney and uh, f- also former Senior Policy Advisor to a former Federal Minister for Public Safety. Scott worked on and helped write previous federal firearms laws. Now we have C-71 in this country, and we have the March of Our Lives taking place, the gun violence demonstrations taking place in the United States, the biggest one in Washington, D.C. Scott, let me start first of all with you. What's the, what's the relevance, and I mean this very respectfully, what's the relevance of that horrid school shooting in Florida and the previous school shootings that we've all agonized over? to writing new legislation, new firearms legislation. And, and, and I just looked at a story the uh, day before yesterday where police officials in Broward County said to the students and really to the community, don't expect much to change because of your protests.
1: Yeah, well, I uh, don't actually think, uh, fortunately, that it, the uh, terrible event in the United States has that much relevance in uh, Canada. We have an entirely different culture Theirs is one that is, uh, uh, includes this notion of uh, you know uh, uh, protect the individual being able to protect themselves from the state and that being done through guns and everything else. That's just not been part of our culture. We haven't had those same kinds of, of incidents, and there is a much greater, I think, um, concern or even caution in the minds of most Canadians about uh, uh, people possessing guns and what the purpose is. and. Uh, there's a, I think a great, a much greater recognition of the potential harm to the public at large, and that that therefore justifies some kind of regulatory regimes in relation to them. I think the real point is what exactly it is that we do by way of regulation, what the purpose of it is, and how effective it is in terms of uh, public safety. And that's that's been under debate again uh, here in Canada because of the introduction. This week by uh, the Liberal government of Bill C-71, uh, which uh, uh, has a bunch of new regulations for firearms owners. Uh,
0: are we properly, and, and firearms owners, I legal firearms owners, are responsible people. I talk to uh, quite a few people who own guns, and I ask them questions about where they store their guns. I ask them questions about their firearms. And I will often hear, particularly from people who uh, who have kids and have firearms, that they'll have their firearms with a trigger lock on it. That's the minimum yep. security that device that you required. They will also have them in a locked safe. So the the trigger uh, trigger lock and the locked safe, and whatever ammunition they use, is in another safe, locked in another room in a locked closet. So that that's taking personal responsibility for what you have in your possession. But are the laws that we have now? Or were the laws before C-71 and the regulations sufficiently strong to provide you, as a former crown attorney and senior policy advisor to a federal public safety minister, and somebody who wrote gun legislation, uh, was what we had prior to C-71 enough?
1: Um, No, in my opinion, it wasn't. And I think that's one of the distinctions that is the most important. You have to... Uh, and I don't agree with your premise that uh, all gun owners are, or all legitimately licensed gun owners are, as you describe it, as uh, uh, properly minded, uh, as you put it, uh, because uh, not everybody possesses uh, firearms for uh, those purposes. And I think that's the real core of this: is you got to differentiate between the, the overwhelming majority of people who are, you know, uh, properly motivated. But others who either exploit the system in its weaknesses or don't comply with the system, but are still acquiring firearms—I mean, criminal gangs—that uh, that's where you need to make sure that the laws are getting the results that you want. Yeah, well, I
0: was trying to make the distinction between those people who are irresponsible and those who are responsible. Those who take the fact that they have a firearm, understand what it's capable of, seriously, and act accordingly.
1: Uh, sure, but for example. Um, there, there are elements of these uh, new uh, provisions that are in Bill C71 um, that I think most people would certainly agree with, like extending the uh, in effect area of screening uh, to, be, to determine whether somebody should be given a license. Right now, we look essentially at the previous five years' history of the individual applying for a license. The new regime will make it uh, will broaden that to be in effect over the per, the person's life. I don't have a problem with that. But for me, in terms of public safety, I think the larger issue is the the criminal gangs who are acquiring guns and in rural uh, centers all across Canada, the number of shootings and homicides uh, is going up. And those are people who aren't applying for gun licenses. Okay, and I want to know how it is that they're acquiring the guns, where Mm. they come from. And supposedly there's been a huge increase in the number of uh, guns illegally acquired by break-ins to people, uh, who lawfully possess guns, uh, you know, forgive me, maybe it's the prosecutor. but how do the bad guys know which places to break into?
0: Well, I don't know, and how, how big is how, how, how large, database? Scott, I have to take a break, but how large is that number?
1: Uh, supposedly increasing and up uh, into, if I, it's in the uh, the documents released by the government, it's into the uh, thousands.
0: Okay, hold on, we'll come back with Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney in Alberta and a former Senior Policy Advisor, to a public safety minister for Canada who had a lot to do with writing firearms legislation in this country. And then before the end of the hour, we'll talk to a resident of High River, Alberta, who remembers what happened after the 2013 flood. Don't come away.
1: He always got straight A's, but his report card said he talked too much. This is the Roy Green Show.
0: We get kind of caught up in this idea that, as teenagers, we can't do anything about our situation, and I think that that's kind of the trick that we were caught up in, especially in America. This idea that you know you you just had to stay silent and watch your friends potentially die in front of you. Now I can't I can't imagine the the horror that the students in Florida are living with and other uh, schools in the United States and in Canada. There have been school shootings in this country as well. And uh, when you're that age, to have to try to come to grips with, with what has happened in that kind of horrific situation, I understand why they're doing what they're doing. And this sort of abomin- ab- abomination cannot be allowed to continue. Really, it can't. It has to be dealt with. It's not easy, there is no simple solution. Um, Scott Newark, former crown attorney in Alberta, also senior policy advisor to the federal public safety minister, who, as I said, had a hand in writing firearms legislation for this country. Scott, when you mentioned, and Tony Bernardo and Amberloo mentioned as well, that when you're applying for a license now to own a firearm, th- you, your history is not just for the last five years of your life. It's all the way back to when you were a kid. I don't quite understand how that works, because if you're a convicted juvenile, a young offender, doesn't your criminal history disappear from the record when you hit 18?
1: Um, Potentially, but I think the real focus of that is on mental health issues.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, And, you know, that's one of the things that uh, arguably makes sense, although my disappointment with the new bill, uh, Roy, is that... uh, Prior to its introduction, the government made a big deal of talking about um, how it was going to address uh, criminal gangs and their use of guns. There was a big conference, and that's what a lot of us were actually looking for. And it turns out instead that there, with one exception, there doesn't appear to be much in there that is really going to be focused on criminal gangs. It's, it's really just more regulation.
0: Well, it, that's what seems to be the case for many people who own firearms in Canada. They feel that whatever the government is, usually it's a liberal government that uh, where they introduce more stringent regulation for gun ownership, the feeling is, and I think it can be fairly well substantiated, that the focus of the legislation appears to be on the legal gun owner when the intent should be to, as you said, and as they've been saying they would, focus on the urban criminals, the gangbangers. And this is something that uh, you sent me a note the idea here is to combat the rise of gun shootings in urban centers in Canada, and this legislation doesn't really do that.
1: No, I don't think so. The one uh, a point that, that does is there's some conflict. I've seen it reported on both sides in terms of uh, if you're going to buy a gun, any kind of a gun, whether it's a uh, long gun, non-restricted, a restricted firearm. We have three categories, non-restricted, restricted, which includes handguns, and prohibited, which is the more automatic uh, weapons. Um that when you go to buy one that you have to confirm your the validity of your license and that in the new bill uh... is going to be done and it's going to be required to be done for all categories of guns and done electronically which i think makes perfectly good sense Uh, because the idea that somebody would be able to do that without verifying their entitlement is ridiculous.
0: To some people, it's going to start sounding like heading back toward a gun registry.
1: Well, it's the other side of it, because what they're doing as well, too, is they're saying that the commercial vendors of guns have to keep records of that, and now the police would be able to access it, but uh, we already keep records on restricted and non-restricted sales, but that's what the uh, Conservatives got rid of the long gun registry on. This would, in effect, create a database of transactions that the police would be able to access, although only through judicial warrant. My concern is some of the more trivial things, like, for example, if you're going to transport your firearms from one location to another, uh, again, the conservatives loosened the restrictions on that, and this uh, bill will restore greater restrictions. And, you know, from from my perspective, looking at this and how we're going to deal with gangs, excuse me, But the gangsters don't call up and go, yes, I'm going to be taking my gun to go and shoot somebody today. Can I get a travel permit, please? Like, I mean, it's just not going to happen, right? So instead of focusing on those kinds of elements and where are they getting the guns from, are they coming across the border between ports of entry? How can we fix that? Shouldn't we get some kind of a notification? Mayor Tory made this point yesterday, I thought, very well, um, that if somebody, you know, living in downtown Toronto suddenly buys 10 guns, shouldn't we ask about that, like, what's going on? those are the kinds of things that I think would have been helpful that would have targeted frankly the illegal use of guns rather than the legal use and ownership of All guns. right
0: now you you became very active on this issue when you were in law school <laughs> I know some things about you So well, actually, so 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 you were a young guy in in law school and you were active on this Today's focus in the United States and in other countries with this um, the the demonstrations that are that are taking place um, is also on safeguarding young people, and in the school environment. What what can be done to accomplish at least some of that, or is this going is it going to be part of a larger package? Scott, and I hate to use the word hope, but you hope it won't happen.
1: The um, I, I think to avoid the kinds of uh, incidents that we've seen in the United States, I think things like, uh, you know, better screening in terms of mental health issues, uh, making sure that the different uh, databases are talking with each other so that if you know, somebody, there are cases that have gone, you may remember Roy, the uh, the guy who was discharged from the uh, uh, the psychiatric hospital, but he had a gun license. And he went on and he killed the CTV uh, broadcaster. That's right, in Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, Brian okay, Smith. That happened because, you know, the mental health database didn't talk to the police databases, so they didn't know, even though... They would have had the legal authority to take his guns. They didn't know that he was in. That so, Scott, this raises camp. the
0: question about ju- different jurisdictions.
1: That so, kind the, uh, of that kind of though, database and inf- relevant information sharing is the uh, the thing that I think would would probably help the uh, the most in those circumstances. But also keeping track of you know what people are acquiring, what kinds of guns.
0: You know, there are still. I'm going to be talking to uh, Patricia in High River in a couple of minutes' time in Alberta. And in 2013, long after the floodwaters had receded, the RCMP yeah. were still entering homes. And they were saying they were looking to see if they could rescue anybody. Well, there was nothing to rescue people from, and the feeling was. And I interviewed the RCMP on that particular day when the news hit, and they asked me for my questions before I uh, before they agreed before to an uh, interview. And I gave them I gave them the questions normally I don't. And what has come out of that, I think, is just a sense that the RCMP at that time. We're interested in only one thing, and that is getting into people's homes and finding out if they had guns and if they were properly stored. And so it was basically an illegal search, and and, uh, entry and search. There's a a mistrust, I think, think among gun owners, legal gun owners, of the motivation and the motives of government.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. They didn't exactly handle that uh, uh, episode very well. And that's one of the other changes in C-71, the... um, the, now the classifications of the guns themselves, whether they should be restricted or prohibited, this this bill will give that back to the RCMP. So one of the things the Harper government did is they took it and made it into something that, like a normal regulatory system that a, that the government would actually do. Uh, which, by the way, if you don't like it, and it's, you know, the the government proposes to change the regulation, you can have public input on it, and somebody is held accountable. This legislation will give it back to the RCMP, and I know from some of the gun owner organizations, that has raised very much some concerns because they don't trust the RCMP with respect to this, that their uh, members are going to be treated fairly.
0: You worked with uh, many different governments that were in in power, and... Seated in Ottawa, you worked with Alan Rock, um, yeah. who I know you respected a great deal, or respect a great deal. What was the uh, what are the closest we come? Uh, uh, what was the closest we came to having a government in in Ottawa that understood how to approach the firearms issue from the perspective of the legal gun owner community in Canada and those who say. No, 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 no. Nobody really needs to own guns. Sixty-nine percent of uh, of urban residents of this country, by the way, told pollsters not long ago they didn't think guns belonged in urban areas of
1: Canada. Uh, this may surprise you, but I think I probably pretty much agree with that, except for you know, and being in the hands of law enforcement. Um, that's the difference in the culture between ourselves, as and as you pointed out, the uh, the United States. For me, the issue has always been. Um, respecting the property rights of lawful firearms owners and targeting criminal use and not doing a one-size-fits-all approach, because there are different aspects, and not ignoring the lethality of the property involved, namely firearms. Okay? They, you know, they are inherently um, uh, deadly uh, items, weapons. And so they have to be treated accordingly, in my opinion. But that's what I'm disappointed about in this bill, is that it, for me, instead of dealing with what I think a lot of us were looking for, including people inside government, I can tell you, focusing on guns and the uh, the criminal use of them, it seems to be a step back towards the uh, the regulation of people who lawfully possess them.
0: Okay. Scott, always good talking to you. Thank All you. Right, Roy. Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney in Alberta on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. When we come back... We'll speak with Pamela in High River, Alberta, about that time in 2013, after the floodwaters receded.